another episode of Modern Day Wizards. My guest today is Michael David Moreno, who has been on the show before. He talked about the Kybalion and physics, which is, I think, a really, really good video to watch if you haven't already seen that. And today we're going to be talking about the history of planet Earth um, and kind of how humanity, you know, came into being and all that type of stuff. So uh, Michael has studied this stuff. He's very familiar with Zachariah Sitchin's work and has even gone well beyond that and just studying these things himself to the point where I think you have some theories which might even disagree with uh, someone like Sitchin. So I consider Michael to be someone who knows what he's talking about here. He has written a couple of books. This is one of them, uh, Days Before the Flood, which basically uh, summarizes a lot of these stories. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Thanks for coming on again. Thank you for talking with me again. It's an honor to be here with you. Cool. All right. So I want to start. We're going to be talking about where humanity came from, according to a lot of ancient books, which are actually some of these books are where our, like the Old Testament come from, like the stories in the Old Testament are actually coming from more ancient things. So uh, you mentioned, I think, um, Sumer the Sumerians or something like that. Like what, what are the Sumerians, how long ago were, th were they knowledgeable of this stuff? Um, the Sumerians, probably the oldest civilization we know of currently, um, four or 5,000 years ago. Um, they had running water, hot and cold water. These are the guys that came up with sexadecimal math, which is 12-based math, you know, because 12 is easier to divide by 2, 3, 4, and 6, as opposed to 5 and 2 for 10. You know, it's a lot easier. There's more ways to go about it. These people brought us our constellations, knowledge about constellations, um, you know, calendars, the clock, the, you know, the 12-hour clock. They brought us that. So these people also have stories of where how we came to be. Um, and it's pretty similar to... Stories in the Bible is just a little different. They say history is written by the winner, so who knows uh, how that goes. Um, so according to the Sumerian Kings list, they got here around 300,000 years ago. Um, the first name on the list is uh, Shu. Well, it's supposed to be this guy. There's three characters, three gods. Anu and his two sons, uh, Anki is his older son, is also called Ea, and Enlil is his second son. But Enlil, his wife, his mother is married to Anu, so he's the heir. So Anki not being married, his mother not being married to Anu makes him illegitimate as, a, as an heir to the throne of heaven. Um, so he, there was a battle somehow uh, between the old king of heaven and the new one, Anu, and the old one came here. He's like, hey, there's gold here. So Anki, not having you know, any claim to the throne, was like, I'll go down and check. And he came down here uh, along with 50 other people. And they started digging for gold. And uh, it, it lasted a really long time and they were really successful. And then um, there was a, a battle, one more battle for the throne of heaven, because, you know, finally I knew came down to see everything that was happening. And he said, all right, well, one of you will inherit the earth. One of you will inherit the space above the earth, you know, the space. And one of you, one of us will be king of heaven. So they drew straws or whatever, and the old king of heaven didn't get anything. So he's like, let's wrestle right now for the throne. And he lost. He bit off Anu's genitals. And for that, he was sentenced to die on Mars. And that's where the face on Mars story comes from, because he 
that they, it was a monument to yep. the previous king of heaven. And that guy was, Luna, that guy was Alleluia, which is where we get Alleluia. The word, the God Alleluia. So all these ancient names are names of, you know, people think they're holy words and maybe they are, but they're, they're names of ancient deities that um, perhaps died or once existed. Maybe they're still alive. Who knows? So we have Anu. He's the, yeah. he's the king of basically the planet that these people come from. Right. right. So this is where the legend of Nibiru comes from. Um, they also have a legend of the creation of the solar system called the Enuma Elish, which I love. And I spent like four years just going over any translation I could just to figure this out and then painted the whole thing out and made it into a book as well. It's the last story in the days before the flood because the days before the flood, everything goes backwards in time. Like I start with the flood mm-hmm. and then move backwards to the events before the flood. Um, so Anki, A is the one that inherited this earth. So he became like Lord Earth. That's what Anki means, Lord Earth. Um, and his brother got in charge of the spaceport. He's the second name on the Sumerian king's list. And Leo, I think it's Al Jar. And then the third name is Enmin Luana. And that would be Adam. So that Enmin Luana somehow means crown savage. So he actually went to space to see Anu. And he was anointed. Um, I think the stories in Gilgamesh... Uh, where it's Adapa, not Adam, uh, because Adam was, in the Bible, the story of Adam and Eve is a very, very condensed version of an actual people. So like the Sumerians relate that it was the Adamu, that's where the word Adam comes from, the very first race of humans, was created to be helpers. <laughs> uh, because as you mentioned, you know, you, in your previous interview with, uh, what is it, Hitchhiker's Guide? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you mentioned that they also live by natural law. My favorite part of that interview is that you said, yes, we're ruled by ancient deities, long-lived humans that don't show themselves. And it just kind of skipped over him. He didn't get it. Yeah, well, I think that's probably the way it would be for most people because people would just be like, well, I guess I just know what he's talking about because no one is, and they just, they just forget it. But most people don't, aren't aware of this stuff. Yeah, I mean, it blew my mind. Uh, blew my mind. Uh, but I, I was like, whatever, it is what it is. So, so, so these, so Ia or uh, Enki, the Lord of the Earth, he was asked to create helpers because right. the people who were doing the mining were upset about their situation. Yeah, they've been mining for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, um, and it took a while. Like, so they have measurements called shars, three thousand six hundred years. It took a few shars for us humans to be developed, and they were experimenting all kinds of stuff, making all kinds of freaky humans. Um, but finally, we came out. According to the Sumerians, the first humans were the color of dried blood. So, I say they're black uh, because dried blood. I used to work as a surgical tech, and after hip surgery, and there's blood all over the floor. It dries up really quick, and it turns black. You know, so I'm like, oh, okay, I, I know exactly what that is. So. That's new to people. They're like, oh, because we're so used to artwork from the Bible um, showing Adam and Eve as white people that, you know, but whatever, it doesn't matter. (laughs) I mean, it's just the detail that Mm -hmm. appears. Um, So, yeah, we were, there was a golden age of humans um, and Adapa. He ended up going to see Anu uh, because he shot down a plane from one of the, the gods, you know. So these gods are called Anunnaki. Uh, in the Bible, they're called Elohim, which is plural and does mean masculine and feminine. Um, that's where the word angel comes from. Anunnaki, the first part of Anunnaki and angel, Elohim. 
-hmm. and the G is a connected vowel. Um, So they're not spiritual beings. It's just like the Old Testament said, they're made out of flesh, blood, and bone. They mated with humans and created demigods and, you know, like Horus, Osiris, um, who were seen as gods. But in reality, these were actually god kings to humans, but these gods, god kings, served the Anunnaki. So, you know, one of the questions, um, for example, I always would talk about this with my father. He's like, where are they? You know, and I'm like, well, why is Antarctica a no-fly zone? Why are there islands that you can't get to or, you know, military bases are set up there? What's going on? What about, you know, Admiral Byrd's um, documentation of going to the Arctic and meeting a race of giants, you know? Is that any true? He's a military man. Mm-hmm. Could be true. Um, so, yeah, they are here. Um, so they and, made they made demigods by basically made sometimes one of these people would mate with a human and yeah and that you find that throughout all of mythology and every culture even greek you know like zeus how many times did he mess around with uh yeah a lot of women and created demigods and monsters um same thing with Ea. he had a wife but he also had many lovers uh, because it was his planet so he had different wives on different continents <laughs> crazy uh, yeah uh, his firstborn son he was married to not, let me go back. Aya was married to uh, this lady named Dan Kina, who was the daughter of the previous king of heaven. So his son would have been grandson to two kings of heaven, Anu and the previous one, uh, Alelu, Alleluia. So he was promised clanship over the earth. Um, and all these years happened, you know, whatever, until the flood happened. And he never became king. Finally, after the flood, he was like, I want to be king, this guy Marduk. I also want to take over the spaceport. And I want us to live our, our lives openly so that humans know that we're here. And for that, this is the story of Lucifer. You know, the people that were in charge, uh, Enlil, uh, was like, no, he's the Lord of hosts. You know, uh, we're not going to do this. You're not getting another spaceport. Huge wars. And there's evidence of war, you know, um, all over the place. Nukes going off uh, in the Middle East, um, in India, things like that. Um, so it, it really did happen. But he, apparently he died. So that's where we get the name Amen. You know, Amun-Ra, Marduk is Amun-Ra um, in the Egyptian pantheon. So a lot of the pantheons, the gods overlap, and you find out um, that's the hard part is connecting the pantheons. You know, a lot of people try and, you know, it, it's fun. For, it's a lot of fun, but it can be tricky, you know, because you really have to find the details of who they are. And that was the hard part, um, connecting these different pantheons and putting the stories together in that book. I had to use a little bit of creative glue a couple times, but you know, I felt inclined to because no one else was doing it. So I, you know, I mentioned last time we talked, I wished that I could find all these stories in one place in one story. So that's what I did. I was like, well, I might as well do it myself. Yeah. It's, it's a really good uh, merging of all those things. I mean, I feel like I don't like to read, but I do like reading your books. I, I actually look forward to reading them, which is un- unusual. And well, thank right. you. There might be like one or two grammatical errors and I do apologize. It's just me. I don't know. I don't like using editing tools because I never know who's going to take what, you know, I don't know. So I'd rather just and me. I think, I think it's really written as a way it could be told as something like you could read to your kids. And it's like, you know, it's like ancient stories, which you're like, whoa, but also, you know, these are more true than, you know, the stories that most people are telling their kids about where humanity came from and all that type of stuff. I try to keep it a little cleaner. Um, some of the stories in the Sumerian culture, they're quite explicit. You know, one of the last <laughs> stories in the book, 
talks about in Leo how he started having children um, with, it turned out to be Aya's daughter, one of illegitimate daughter. And he didn't know it at first and he kind of raped her and had a daughter. And so they named the first child Sin, with the name comes from Sue Wen, um, because he was, you know, born out of wedlock. So it was a sin. Then the second was Nurgle. Nurgle, that's the guy that you have to remember for the end of this conversation because he's the guy in charge right now. Oh, interesting. Uh, All right. I I want to get to the the flood. You mentioned that we, they have half-breeds, you know, demigods, and Noah, right? Noah was one of these, isn't it? Yes, he was. Um, They made it seem that he was actually the son of Ea, illegitimate son of Ea. He tricked um, the king at the time into having sex with him. But then the king thought it was him. And this story is told in the book of Enoch um, where this king is like, is this my son? Because his face was different. His shade was different. Mm-hmm. You know, and he was asking, Did, do we have the line of, blood, of the gods in our bloodline? So he had to go back and ask his you know, previous ancestors um, if they did. And finally, Enoch said, yes, it is your son. But I believe he was told to say that because he knew Enoch knew was in on the plan. Yeah, he, Enki, Enki, basically Enki knew that for some reason, which I think we should talk about, Enlil, that's, this is my understanding, Enlil decided that the earth should be basically washed clean of everything that Ea had done there. Yeah, there came a point, and the story is also told in the Bible, where um, there was a group of miners, apparently on Mars, and they got tired of working there, so they came here, and they were told, do not marry, you know, have intercourse with the, human, the humans. But they wanted to because there's a bunch of dudes and they've been out in space for thousands and thousands of years working and they come here and they see these beautiful humans. Um, so they started mating with them. They started showing them how to put on makeup, how to make intoxicants, all this stuff. So they got in trouble. But they ended up breeding a race of giants, like really savage giants who just started destroying humanity and everything around them. And, and Leo was just furious because humans eating other humans was just sickening i don't know i don't know the word but so he was like you know this is disgusting we need to wipe this place clean uh because this can't be this is an abomination that's the word abomination but the- so that's what happened and anki kind of fought back he's like you know he told this plan and it was not no one was allowed to know unless you were a god or yeah unless you were a god so he, but somehow everybody knew you know the giants knew and, um like og the last giant that's a tale i found a couple of jewish fairy tales um, they ended up destroying the earth, but Anki saved humanity by having a child, having this child. Sort of, no, he didn't tell him directly. He stood behind a reed wall and said, the earth is going to be flooded. <laughs> that story well, is also... Awesome. Deniability. <laughs> I know, yeah, because so he didn't have to lie. He didn't... <laughs> yeah. So it's such a strange story. It's found in Gilgamesh that he told Adam, Adapa, behind a reed wall, hey, we're going to flood the earth, so you're going to have to build an ark. Um, and the Sumerian version of the ark is actually a coracle, which means like a bowl-shaped. You know, I drew that in the book. It's illustrated. Uh, I, I thought that was interesting. So I made it sound like, a, you know, um, Noah was kind of ditzy in a way because he gave him instructions to build the ark, which was the instructions in the Bible. But then the coracle, the instructions, the Sumerian instru- uh, instructions are so much simpler. <laughs> you know, he drew a circle and drew a dot in a square and with his foot, which I thought was really weird. Um, and he's like, yeah, so build that. And he's like, hey, that's easier. I guess I'll do that. And so he did. He gave away everything. 
Um, but he didn't, it wasn't just Noah and his three sons. There's a legend of a fourth son that didn't get to go because he, he was the guy that was supposed to be the heir. Um, so I threw that in there. Um, there's also seven families that went with him, servant families and their wives to tend to all the animals. So it wasn't just, you know, the four couples. There were seven other couples involved who were serving Noah and his sons and the other animals because these guys were God kings, you know. They would have seen Noah as a God king. He wouldn't, he wouldn't have been like Charleston Heston or whatever. I mean, we're talking about a giant, uh, eight foot, nine foot tall. Mm-hmm. You know, Gilgamesh said he, he ran into him and Noah was his height and Gilgamesh was a giant. You know, so. So are these, do you think the flood actually wiped out basically everything on the planet? And these are like where we come from as human beings, or you think it's maybe less severe than, than that? I'm inclined to believe that it did. There was a world flood. Um, there's evidence all over the place. You know, you go to the desert and there's shells. Yeah. I'm inclined to believe that. But who knows? I could be wrong. <laughs> and how, do you, how do you think Enlil caused, because he, he decided to cause the flood, and Anu said, you know, okay, he's in charge, Enki, so you have to let him do this. But how did he, like, there was thousands of years in between when he decided that and when it actually happened. So what, what did he cause to happen, do you think? So this planet Nibiru that comes by every Shar, which probably won't be here for another thousand years, um, has many moons on it. Now, these people have a lot of really advanced technology, obviously. Would they be able to cause a moon's orbit to go off orbit to come near the Earth? That's what I said happens. Uh, how they would do that, I don't know. But, you know, the reason I came to that conclusion was just actually through science, because I started looking at all the moons on the neighboring planets, especially Jupiter. And there's all, like, the outermost moon is filled with craters. You know, it goes back to the story of the Enuma Elish, um, and there's moons that are like made with ice, uh, full ice. And I'm like, where do they come from? Or, so I thought maybe a moon was made to pass near the earth. Uh, Zachariah Sitchin said it was Nibiru itself, but I don't think, I don't think it came that close to the earth. Um, so it would have had to be in a moon, but it would have affected our gravity and the earth plates, uh, the, you know, the, the snow plates. Cause we used to be, a, a what do you call it? The, all cold all the time. Anyways, over Antarctica, like the snow shifted and the water shifted storms and, you know, probably from the gravity, the moon threw down ice chunks. And I mean, there was water everywhere. So who knows how that happened. They also mentioned that the water came from below the earth. So something was happening to move water around. Um, so that's what I believe happened. I don't know, but I do believe there was a world flood. Uh, yeah, for sure. So do you, how long ago do you think this flood was? 13,000 years ago, at the end of the last ice age. So that, that corresponds with, um, I can't remember his name. He, he made a book, the Something of the Gods or something. Um, uh, Eric, Van Don, Eric Von Daniken. I don't know that name, so it's not him. No. But, but basically he was saying... Chariots that, of the Gods? Hmm? Chariots of the Gods, not that one? I don't think so. It's, no. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a different author for sure. So um, basically he said, you know, there's all this evidence that about 12,800 years ago... Um, something happened over the whole North American ice sheet to like, basically he thinks that perhaps a meteor came through and scattered like a shotgun and basically instantly melted the ice sheets. And it, you know, it was like several miles thick in Minnesota, you know, so it, it was a lot of water and, and you, there's all this evidence like in the Eastern Washington uh, of like just uh, that huge amounts of water was just flowing 
in, you know, a very, in a matter of just weeks or, or something like that, you know, and just did all of this stuff. So anyways, he, he says it's basically around the same time as you do. So I think that's pretty interesting. So I'm agreeing with Zachariah Sitchin on that point. Uh, I have no reason to disagree. I think that's a really good theory. Uh, it ended the ice age. Um, and when they say we're going back into one, so maybe. What? I mean, what about global warming? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Yesterday it was warm and today it's cold. Climate change. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. You okay. know, they say, I don't know why these rich people are buying beachfront property if the oceans are going to rise. You know, Definitely right. something sufficient going on with all that. Right. What, do you, what do you think has happened since then? So there was the flood. And then yeah, was- can I touch on Noah real quick? Because uh, I love this part. Because everybody... In, knows that Egyptian mythology and the Bible are so interrelated and nobody can find the flood story except it's the very, very first one in Egyptian mythology, the creation myth. There's a God, very, very ancient God called Atum, A-T-U-M, who um, was the one that stepped on land, separated heaven and earth, Shu and Tefna. That was Noah. And then later on, Marduk, uh, Amun-Ra, you know, absorbed that character as his own. And so they think it was Amun-Ra that, was Atom, but it was actually Atom. He's Noah. So he was the mm-hmm. God King. And so there is evidence of, you know, in Egyptian mythology staring us right in the face, but everybody overlooked. It was the very first creation tale. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So after that, uh, Noah's children just kind of scattered, became God Kings of new countries all over the world, India, North America, South America, everywhere. So that's pretty much what happened. Um, there was a lot of wars. They play us like a game of chess. <laughs> Nobody... so now let's talk about they, because so they, the gods, they got the heck out of Dodge before it happened, right? And then, you know, I assume, and there's, you know, there's no, maybe not too much talk about who came back after that and got involved. So who's still involved here is Enki alive is he still involved I think so there are stories in the Sumerian culture where they went above the earth and they lamented at the destruction of the earth during the flood um so they all came back at that point I think after the war fast forward seven thousand years after Atlantis after the war with Marduk Lucifer aka Amun-Ra um a lot of them left I think in Leo left um, his firstborn son, Sin Suen, I think he left, but his secondborn son, Nurgle, stayed. And the reason he stayed, also, there's another son called uh, Ninurta, also known as the angel Michael. Um, he is also in Leo's son in, illegitimately through his sister. So these gods like to marry their sisters or, you know, to keep a pure bloodline, to keep their DNA even more pure. I know for us, if we interbreed with our siblings, it causes, you know, all kinds of weird things. But for them, they're trying to preserve a bloodline because they have better DNA than we do. Um, we have degenerate DNA, unfortunately. That's how we were created. Well, uh, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, so he left. Um, the reason that Nurgle stayed and Ninurta stayed was because they caused so much damage and they used nuclear uh, bombs. And that's also considered bad. You know, why they did that, they shouldn't have. And so I think humans, it was, the humans used them and then these other two. No, guys. these creatures had them and they used them against each other. Oh. 
um, there's stories of a deadly wind, radioactive wind that was killing people in, in Sumer because they had bought, you know, detonated these bombs, killing cities. And they're trying to kill Amin Ra. They were trying to kill his son, uh, Nabu, who I, that's another really interesting character. Um, who knows that they succeeded? I do not know. I, I think they did kill Marduk, Lucifer. That's why we say Amen. I'm not sure if they killed his son. But the people that were involved in the war had to stay. So, um, for example, Sin, Suin, his two children are the twins. And you know Ishtar. Have you heard of Ishtar? She's the name Easter. We used to celebrate her in the spring equinox or whatever. And then the yeah. winter solstice was her, her twin brother. They're also found in the Norse myths, Frege and Freja. Hmm. So you'll find the twins. They're still here because they were involved in the war. And just like the Norse myths say, they come from a different bloodline, the bloodline of Enlil. Um, for the record, there are no such things as serpent or ancient serpent humans. We were created in their image. They are not serpent-like. They are, you know, warm-blooded. Uh, the serpent thing, the whole serpent thing is a last name. So you get it, instead of having, writing your name, and Michael Moreno, I could be like Michael Serpent. And instead of having, writing serpent, I would put a statue of me, myself as a serpent. So that's a way of saying your last name, which bloodline you came from. So there's two bloodlines, the bird and the serpent. Um, so that's why you see like bird people or serpent people. There are no serpents. The Nagas weren't serpent. That was a bloodline, specific bloodline to Enlil, not Enlil, Enki. The serpent was Enki. So, yeah. So they, yeah, go ahead. I don't know if Enki made it. I think he's probably hiding somewhere underneath the sea. There's stories of, of cities underneath the sea in the Arabian Sea. Um, yeah. Is he staying because he's one of the few that has to? This is, he inherited this planet, according to Anu, his father, because he's never going to be king of heaven. So he's like, well, I might as well be here on earth and keep this planet. And the reason that I think that he stayed is because he, he's also mentioned in the Norse myths, you know, Thor has to go get this gigantic bowl to make lots of beer, to have this party in the city underneath the sea with the old man of the sea called Aegir. That's Anki. So he's still around. But in the Norse myths, they made him sound like he's old and senile. Who knows? <laughs> you know, in the Sumerian culture, he's not old and senile. These guys are constantly trying to make their lives longer. Yeah. Some kind of magical fruit or water, special water. Well, I think you mentioned in the book that uh, some of the gods who were born on Earth as opposed to born on Nibiru, they actually had shorter lifespans. And could, could yeah. a longer lifespan be related to the fact that Nibiru takes 3,600 years to basically pull off an orbit. And, you know, ours is, is, I mean, would you think that our lifespan versus their lifespan is proportional to one to 3,600? Yeah, I also think it's because we're closer to the sun. They're not used to that. I mean, um, in the stories themselves, these guys, like, they don't really come out into the sun. So they punished Aya, for example, for creating an Adam and Adam Adapa shooting a plane down. They, they were going to punish him by tying him to a rock, you know, stripping him naked and letting the birds peck at his flesh. But Aya took the punishment. So that's where the story of um, uh, the, the guy that brings the fire shoot. Uh, the Greek something this. <laughs> I can't remember. Uh, I know what you're talking about, though. He took the punishment, and he went out to the sun in his skin chart. You know, there are stories of these men, like Alexander. Alexander the Great was looking for them. And apparently he found a cave of them, but they lived in caves and they kind of radiated 
you know, their eyes radiated. So who knows? They kind of sound like vampires in a way. I mean, you talk about... That's where the legend of vampires come from. Um, You know, the story of Eve wasn't Adapa's wife. It was actually uh, another... So they created the first race of humans, but the first... So there's a sister. Aya and Enki have a sister. She was also involved in the creation of humans. Um, She gave birth to the first human. And then... That, that was Adapa, and then they started all, there were seven, 14 nurses, and they all started giving births. First, first round was single births, and seven rounds after that, they were all double births, and that's how human race started. But they were all sterile. So Anki is the one that actually, there's a regenerative property in the ribs. For some reason, I, I looked that up. He's, he was put to sleep and by his own son and taken that, and with that, they made something to de-sterilize them so that they, they could have children. That's why they got in trouble. That's why Enlil kicked him out of the garden because they started masturbating pretty much because they started getting horny. And mm-hmm. He's like, how do you know yourself? That's what knowing yourself means. And, you know, they're like, well, I don't know. It just happened. And so he's like, you guys, what you're doing is gross and get out of here. Don't ever come back. <laughs> that's what it came down to? Yeah. So that's the story. But, uh, in, the, in the meantime, Anki's wife, she wanted to have an a earthling daughter too. So she did but she grew up away from everybody. So this is where the legend of Kali comes from, the Hindu legend, um, or the legend of Lilith. Uh, you know, they said that she was the first wife. She was created by a different mother, and she grew up differently away from the Adam of the Adam. Um, and she didn't want to be a part of that. She was supposed to marry Adam, and she was like, no, I don't want to be a part of that. Can I just go do my own thing? And of course, Enki was like, sure, I'll build you a house, and you can do whatever you want. And of course, he, they seduced each other. I'm sure they did. And she ended up seducing all kinds of men. And she also drank their blood. Like she would chop off their head if they didn't satisfy her. And she would drink their blood. And that's why this legend of vampires comes from all of that, because it sounds like these people, some of them do drink blood. Uh, You know, I don't know if you ever looked at the Inca gods, they do show them with things. Yeah. uh, I was going to look it up. I know that's somewhere here, but whatever. Here we go. So I don't know if you can see this, but if you look at the teeth, there's little fangs right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty interesting. So who know, uh, yeah, maybe that's where the legend of vampires comes from. Do they drink blood? I don't know. <sighs> they love meat. They love meat. Uh, you know, they love the smell of cooked lamb, according to the Bible. You know. <laughs> well, who doesn't? <laughs> uh, so if we were, if I were to meet these people, like if I were to run across Enki, do you think he, I would consider him to be a, a good person? I don't know. Um, he certainly had a very heavy hand in our creation and uh, keeping us around after, you know, for, during the flood when we were all going to get wiped out for that. I say, thank you for saving us. Um, then after that, he just kind of let the gods play us like a game of chess. You know, he would occasionally intermingle or whatever, have a son here or there, daughter maybe. But so I don't know if that's good or not. You know, he's just like, okay, well, you guys are in charge of them now. So ignoring, ignoring like what he's done. I mean, he, he could have seen the whole thing as it's just a, a pet project. And, you know, and so he saved his pet project and he wasn't like trying to be a nice guy or anything. But like in person, ignoring what I know about him, what would that interaction be like, do you imagine? Hmm. So there's this movie that came out, The Last um, 
not George Lucas. Who's the big director that makes E.T. and John? Uh, Spielberg. Spielberg. You know that movie where everybody was turning into the internet and they had an avatar inside this internet? I don't know if you saw that. I don't think so. Ready, Ready Player One. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. So while these kids are in the internet in this world, they run into this giant god. Do you remember that? That's hooded. Mm-hmm. That's probably what it would be like. That's that's what I imagined when I saw that scene. I was like, oh, that's that's probably what it because you know if you look at the Sumerian uh, carvings, you see humans are really tiny sitting, you know, standing, sitting next to them as a giant on a throne, compared to these humans, compared to us, you know, and uh, even like yeah. So I would imagine we we what? So maybe we be different in physique. But, like, would he be like, oh, hey, Callan, how's it going? Let's get to know each other. Or would he be just like, ah, stupid ant over here making noise? <laughs> mm, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Uh, I could imagine that some of them despise us. I don't know if Anki would. I think – I don't know. I honestly don't know. I, I Trying to characterize them, I just – I couldn't do it because I, I don't know them personally. I only know their stories um, and they don't really define their character, just what they do. Um, I would be honored to meet them. That would be <laughs> I saw a giant that was like 12 feet tall. He's like, Hey, I'd be like, Hey, that, that, that food of life that they offer to some people sounds pretty nice. I, I feel bad for that one guy. Basically he had told him not to accept the food and drink of life. Yeah. So when Adam Adapa, um, shot down that plane. He was forced to go to Nibiru to go talk to Anu because I wanted, Anu wanted to see what was going on, why this guy was created, why he was given technology, why he was ruling other humans. And he was basically going to be a link between the gods and the humans. And he was going to tell the humans what to do. Um, so Aya knew that Anu was going to offer him the food of life and the water of life. And he told his son, do not take these things. Uh, because they mean to kill you, but he lied to him. So when I knew, you know, asked him, hey, you know, your creature refused the water of life and the food of life. Why? And he's like, well, immortality is not for them. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's also in Gilgamesh, that story is part of Gilgamesh. Um, so obviously, A thought, we are an experiment. We're not meant to live as long as them. And I don't blame him. Look how destructive we are, <laughs> you know. Uh, imagine if we lived forever we'd probably have a lot more respect for the raising of children the importance of you know whatever this this child is going to become you know it's going to affect the world for thousands of thousands of years and you know we people would be full the world would be full of people who are wiser just as a result of having been alive for longer you know that's an interesting point um i think that the gods too they don't just like get horny and start having tons of children everywhere like they really take into consideration, you know, we're going to bring a life into the world. How is it going to affect the world? Because they're going to live for a long time, you know? So they didn't, I think they took that more seriously than we do, you know, here. A lot of people just have casual sex and oops, I'm pregnant, uh, which happens, you know, and they just overpopulation just keeps happening. One of the reasons they don't show themselves is because we overpopulate so quickly that it, I think in the past we've tried to overrun them. And so, you know, the gods were like, don't show yourselves because when they get too many, they can potentially take us out. Mm-hmm. So that, that brings us, I think to current day. Cause I mean, I would say there seems to be a plan to 
reduce the population of humans. And from my perspective, it doesn't seem necessary from an ecological perspective because we could live in a way which was, would support many more people than that. But I, I suspect it's a desire to keep us from being dangerous. Like the fact that we are, there's so many of us makes us. Not to, I mean, we use a lot of resources. Um, we overpopulate. This is not the first time that we've been wiped out. Uh, they say if, we, if we had their technology, we wouldn't be using resources. Yeah, they keep it from us. But we also developed a lot of the technology for them. You know, we, we live in a time where, you know, thousands and thousands of nuclear warheads have been, been, been developed. And what's going to happen when they wipe us out? They're going to snatch those things up. Why? Because they're waiting for Nibiru to return. I think they're at war with the people that left. So, you know, part of this prophecy in Revelations is like, there's going to be a period of a thousand years after the, you know, king of Israel, a thousand years, a whole new. They're not talking about us surviving. They're talking about the elite surviving. Mm-hmm. And um, they plan to wipe us out, but they're going to take all that technology and create armor or some kind of defense for when they do come back. Because they think that they're at war with the people that left and the people that left might come back to try to destroy them, the people that are still here. You know, it's a big, giant game. Who knows? Um, so they basically sounds like they only make moves when the planets are nearby. Uh, otherwise, it's just the distance is too large for any military. Absolutely. absolutely. And I think that they populated, you know, more than one planet. Um, there's a tiny moon called Ceres in the asteroid belt. Now, if you look at it, and you can look at uh, Ceres from the NASA, I think, it, or they have a website, but you, it shows this planet moving, and when it hits the nighttime, there's a spot on it that lightens up, brights up. And it looks exactly like Las Vegas from space. Huh. You know, and people are like, oh, no, it's water. It's probably oil. I'm like, no, that's a city. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I want to see this. Yeah, just look it up. And, and then look up Las Vegas from space, and it's exact same kind of lighting. And you're like, okay, that, uh, uh, there's no way that's water or something that's mm-hmm. glaring in the, in, the, in the darkness. Something is emitting light in the darkness. It's not reflecting from the sun. So, cause you could still see the sun part of it. And you know, as it gets, this is the dark side. Once it goes dark, the city lights up, and, you know, that, so it's impossible to, for it to be a reflection of the sun. Um, so check it out. I think, you know, probably some of the other moons, Europa, maybe, who knows? Um, there's places all around they could live, you know, they were working in Mars. So obviously they, they take care of their own breathing apparatus or whatever they need, you know, um, we'll, we'll so, see. So basically, humanity is caught up in this drama between gods, basically, or just people who live way longer than us and ha- who have technology more advanced than us and who are genetically superior to us and all this type of stuff. And it sounds like the people who are here plan to basically enslave, or destroy, slash, enslave us for a thousand years until until they have their opportunity to either, maybe they just have to defend themselves from whatever comes or they actually plan to make an attack. But you know, that doesn't sound so good for us. Yeah. it's told in the, the revelations, you know, after a thousand years, the war with the dragon, Michael and Gabriel, once again, will war with the dragon or whatever. That's what that's referring to. Um, whoever's coming back as the dragon. Um, now in the Quran, they do say, you know, we, Allah, we, we have destroyed civilizations many times and will continue to do so in the future. So this is not the first time. It's like in the Matrix. Like they say, Zion has been destroyed six times. You know, Atlantis was destroyed. This huge civilization. I think that was worldwide. And I think that um, it was established 
in Central America with the pyramids, you know, the key to understanding Atlantis was Poseidon. And Poseidon is another version, a water god, that's Ea, Enki. You know, he came here, he brought, he married someone called Evanor, uh, somebody that related to Eve. So this, these people, you know, they had 10 brothers, Atlas, you know, like Atlas carried the world in his shoulders. Jason went to visit Atlas. And here in, in America, we have Atslan, um, same ca character, you know, all, all this evidence, serpent mound, all these serpents everywhere. How to connect Poseidon to the serpent? Well, Anki is the serpent. He's the character in the Bible that was the serpent, you know. In the, in the Bible, he's tempting humans, but in the Sumerian version, he saves humans by giving them regenerative properties, and that's why they got kicked out. Mm -hmm. um, so, I don't know. They, we've been destroyed many times before. Obviously, the war that happened with Amen it killed a lot of people, and, and it sounds like they want to do it again soon. So, these are people who are, live a long time. They have advanced technology. They've led civilizations for thousands of years. They understand hum how humanity works. They see us as much lesser than them. They're so advanced that they can write books like Revelations and know that you know, they're doing it thousands of years ahead of time so that they can play out the story when the time is right. 3,000 years ahead of time. 3,000 years ahead of time. How much? Three. They're planning it way ahead. They're really planning ahead. Maybe 2,000. 2,000 years ahead of time. Okay. Because, I mean, they created Christianity, Islam, you know, to a, and they created these opposing religions to perpetuate a war. They created their own prophecy and said, this is going to happen, but really they're making it happen. They're creating the prophecy. You know, one of the prophecies and revelations is Damascus is going to be destroyed. Nobody knows why we're in Syria except for a pipeline, really. No, it's just to fulfill prophecy. Damascus is being destroyed. You know, I was really hoping that there was a plan to stop Biden being in the White House because I didn't want this plan to come to fruition. I saw it coming into fruition. And right away, I sure one of the things, you know, he started doing was bombing Syria again. I'm like, what is the reason? And the reason is because they're on a timeline and they need to destroy this thing so that they can make these things happen because they have their characters in place, you know? So for four years, everything was like, uh, our plans are being up in the air, you know, with Trump, who knows? And who knows if he, if he was a random, you know, person that put a kink in their plan or if he was part of an opposing plan because these guys also play around with each other. They also, they're, they're not on the same side. They're not all on the same side. Everybody's like playing us like a game of chess. Well, let me move my character here. Mm -hmm. So who knows if Trump was a character or not because a pawn or not. I don't know. I, well, I, honestly, well, I, so like, I feel like, yeah, he's a big unknown. He's a big question mark. It's like you really want him to be that guy who's like throwing a wrench in the plan. But, you know, even if that is the case, which I would bet against, honestly, even if that is the case, he's going against people who, like we said, you know, have planned this, you know, even, even if they, even if they get thwarted this time around, you know, they, they'll just use the, the religions again to try and make the story happen again. I mean, it feels like throughout history, you can kind of see the revolution story playing out in different ways in different areas in the world. Yeah. Um, I mean, everybody's in place, you know, Barack Obama, lightning from the sky, bomb the crap out of all these Islam countries and cause the mass migration everywhere. Nobody really talks about that, but that's what happened. And what one of the prophecies is there's going to be a war with Christianity and Islam. So by spreading out the Muslims, you know, all these 80% men, 
young age men leaving their wives and children at home, why would they do that? You know, just a bunch of men. Yep. And they were causing a lot of destruction. It's like they were waiting for something. You know, in Europe, poor, poor women got started getting harassed when they first started coming in. Everybody was like, please welcome in. We want you. And I get it. The intention was good. But the ideologies are not compatible at all. You know, but it's done on purpose. They play us like a game of chess. Because of our ideologies, we believe certain ways and we can be manipulated, which is why I no longer believe, you know, any of that. Like now I'm just like, okay, there's no afterlife. There's no soul. Like that's a tool. They're trying to manipulate me by accepting that there's going to be a king and I'm going to have afterlife forever. And I don't know, you know, no, you know, I'm going to accept all this destruction because I'm going to, I'm going to be given afterlife. That's a lie. That's how we were lied to. Um, well, you know, and the Trump promise of Trump coming back is a very similar thing. It gets us to not, gets people to not act in this situation of, you know, basically the left has pulled off a coup. And, you know, if you want the people not to stop that from happening, make them believe that someone else is going to save them from that. Yeah, you know, I don't know that whole, are you going to put this on YouTube, that 17th letter thing? It gave a lot of people hope because they saw how much evil there was in the world. Um, but in the end, even though it exposed who our enemy was within ourselves, you know, these people that are doing terrible things to other people and human trafficking and rituals and all that stuff, um, which does exist. And people will like brush it off. No way people could be this evil. Yes, people can be this evil. Unfortunately, Bible says it, you know, and Leo, Lord of the hosts, was con- that's the reason for the flood, because we're constantly evil in our hearts. We constantly do bad things. Um, we can be manipulated to do bad things, which is really sad. Um, where was I going? Well, Shoot, I got lost in thought. That's okay. I just want to say, so they judged us for doing bad things. It seems like they do bad things, too. I mean, they talk themselves into breaking their law against slavery. It's like, oh, the humans, yeah, we don't do slavery, and they won't be slaves. They'll be helpers. They'll be our helpers. Some of them, the ones that stayed, actually, straight up had slaves. Uh, like Ishtar, you know, she had men sex slaves. Um, she would do rituals where she would get 50 men in line to have sex with her, you know, in a row, whatever. Or if it was a demigod, he'd have to do it 50 times or he'd get his head cut off, something like that. You know, uh, <laughs> very strange. Gilgamesh had to run, run, ran into her. And I think he why, are we, why are we stuck with these, these, these douchey gods again? Like, why, why are they the ones who are here? Because they got left here. They got left behind. I think they got punished. They're like, you can't come back. You caused a great war here on this earth. You destroyed so much life. You're not going to be allowed back into heaven, Nibiru. It's not a mystical place. It's actually a planet. Who knows well, if it's around? We haven't found it, but. We'll let the humans suffer on, up, under you for, for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. So, I mean. I think it's worse, believe it or not. I think it's like literally a game of chess between like different gods, not just two people. There's multiple players. But yeah, we're pawns for sure. And how seriously do they take this game? I mean, I mean I'm, there's this show, I can't remember, it's like let, something of the Titans, Clash of the Titans or something, and it's like there's the gods, and you know they're like using the humans on a chessboard, and they're like talking about what they're going to do. And you know, it's like life and death for the humans, but they're just like, yeah, whatever. Whatever. See, they, it's kinda... They've been telling us this all our lives, you know, the gods play us like a game of chess, but people don't realize it. that's real. It, it sucks, but... 
So what do we, what do we humans do? Because I think it's very likely that this story, I mean, it's basically playing. I had one solution, one solution. Okay. Um, And it was inspired by one of the stories that I read. Um, So during the flood, before the flood, um, the humans were being really loud. And so the gods decided, wipe them out, give them famine, give them disease, you know, whatever. And this kept happening. And uh, Noah talked to Anki about it. And Aya said, build a, a temple to this god that's plaguing you. Make a parade. Build, it's a ritual of flour, but I called it ritual of cake. Because, you know, you do a lot with flour, you can make cake. Um, in the story, so I made it the ritual of cake, making cake. So we got to acknowledge these gods. Maybe build a tower on either side of the United States or something. Acknowledging that they exist. And giving them thanks, and then maybe they'll be embarrassed and stop. I hate that. I hate that. I hate that there's these, these powerful people, and the only way that we cannot be destroyed or enslaved by them is that we have to, we have to grovel. <laughs> I mean, the only solution I can think of other than that is just let the game play out. And, you know, I think the more people know, maybe, maybe we have a better chance of asking for them somehow to just reveal themselves. They plan to reveal themselves during this war that they have planned for us. You know, the two uh, witnesses, they're not going to be men in sackcloth. Sackcloth is cloud. You know, you don't take men, do not shoot fire from their mouths and cause plagues. Machines do that. So these are giant machines in the air that are covered in sackcloth. Those are clouds. They were going to manifest themselves, show up. And the two people writing those things would have been the angel Gabriel and Michael as promised um, in Sumerian culture, the Nurta and Nurgle. Now, if you look up Nurgle, um, I don't know anybody's listening, just look up image of Nurgle and you'll find that he has the lion head of Judah and he has a serpent body because um, his grandfather is Enki, even though his father's in Leo, his grandfather's Enki. So he decided to take the line of his grandfather, but he also has the, Islamic crescent star moon on either side of his head. His first cult temple at Nurgle was called Meslam Tia. That's where Muslim, that's where the word Muslim comes from. In the stone of Gabriel, this guy, Gabriel Nurgle, says he's the God of Israel. So this guy that's claiming to be the God of Israel is also the guy that created, you know, went to Mary, went to John the Baptist to create Christianity, then went to Muhammad and created Islam, opposing religions, and then put prophecy that there's going to be a war between all these Things that was all manipulated, you know, as we talked about earlier. This guy, Nurgle, is the one that's in charge. He's the one that plans on returning as the destroyer. People are going to see him as the Christ or the destroyer. Yeah. So basically, you're saying that if I want to put all of my energy into improving humanity's situation, I should start an organization which is going to build some monuments, <laughs> raising these gods who I despise. Yeah, maybe like a giant building, taller than <laughs> another building, you know, and put, we'll put one with a serpent on it. and one with I, feel a- like, I feel like I made a video where I was talking about how I was feeling kind of pessimistic about all this stuff, and you responded with a comment or something. You were like, don't worry, there's, there's good guys in the works. But you're not telling me that right now. You're not. Yeah, no, that was before the election. After the election, <laughs> I was like, shit, <laughs> the plans are on. So you're saying the only hope is that Q is right. Well, I don't you know. You've got to trust Q. this plan. 
see, now I'm starting to think. So here's what happened with that. Um, I I fell for it. Um, I'm going to be honest about it. I was hopeful that something would happen because I saw so much evil. But now that I know that nothing happened, once Q said, you're the plan. Well, how are we the plan? We don't have any NSA records or any evidence of the stuff that's being talked about. You know, he pointed out, you know, what was happening with all the spying. He also let us know what was happening with Hollywood and all the pedophilia and all that stuff. And, you know, no one has sued back saying that's a lie. No, because they're afraid to sue back because they would find out this is true. Um, so I was hopeful that something was going to happen. But then once it realized that he said, you know, you're the plan, I was like, shit, nothing's going to happen. And it made things worse because now, you know, I'm sure a third of this nation, maybe a fourth, will no longer vote because they see our voting just was, there's so many errors, there's so much wrong that how could you trust the system anyway? Like, you know, Trump's campaigning again, what does it matter? You know, they're going to make sure he doesn't win. And right now they're trying to pass these new laws because the Democrats are in control of everything and they're going to change the voting so that we can, no one can ever win again. I mean, they're just really going to rig it. And once it, you know, how, why would anybody trust the system? So I don't know if maybe Q was part of that plan to make us lose faith in the system so that we could, they could really enact their plan. I don't know. They, well, I would say, I mean, I think our humanity's really only hope is because I think that these people do follow natural law. And even even the ones who are being douchebags, they're still working around the rules of natural law. They're getting other people to do their dirty work and kind of getting people to consent to things, which, you know, if they actually understood what was happening, they would not consent. So it seems like if they do follow natural law, then if we declare ourselves like I am not a member of this organization in the United States. Obviously, it's a fraudulent organization. If there was a contract, if the agreement was you were going to follow the Constitution and not infringe upon my rights, well, they've broken that contract anyways, even if I had agreed to be a part of them. And basically say, no, I am responsible for myself. And, you know, maybe they will leave those people alone. But, but also, like, we, we talk about gods, the lowercase g, you know, and the Bible talks about these gods as if they are the God. But I know that you refer to God also, like separately from these gods. And yeah, so what is that? And do you think that there is any hope in that? <laughs> yes and no. So, okay, you're asking me about the God? Uh, yeah. I found it very interesting that, you know, a lot of things are lost in translation. The word Yahweh where in the English translations of the Bible, you see capital L-O-R-D, capital Lord. It, came, it was actually translated from the word Yahweh, which means masculine and feminine. Hmm. So it was almost as if the Hebrew culture was designed to acknowledge that the universe was God. The, the male and the female was the creator. You know, there's certain things that can be said about energy and God that are both true. God created everything. Energy creates everything. God cannot be destroyed. Energy cannot be destroyed. Um, Energy is masculine and feminine. All life is created in that image. God is masculine and feminine. All life is created in that image. You know, yesterday you were, the interview you just had uh, with this young man, and he was talking about being a white witch and falling into the feminine. And it is true, the feminine side of energy is where life comes from. Who put the wisdom in the inward parts? Job 38, 36. That's where I came up with inward parts for as far as energy. The universe, I see my experience in this universe as my experience with God. I don't die to meet God. I'm experiencing God right now. Talking to you is 
part of talking to God, you know, going outside and seeing the birds or whatever. I feel more connected to nature in that way. Uh, but also karma happens stronger to me that way. Um, you know, I guess natural law, once you accept it. So I feel like I'm, I have a direct connection with God. I don't need anybody in my life to tell me how to worship because I feel like worship is mental slavery. Mm-hmm. I think the gods instituted that idea of worship. You know, baptism is because back in the day, humans stunk so much they had to wash in the river before they presented themselves on the God. And that turned into a spiritual um, ritual because they also made us believe that there was afterlife so they could control us. Now I can't be controlled what I can to a point. I think the creation of the United States was a stump in their plan and slowly they took it over. They had their organizations, the Freemasons that, are, that work for them, take over, you know, the Federal Reserve was a takeover. Um, what's happening now? I don't know. Apparently, go ahead. So they came here originally because they were excited about gold and they had mining operations here because they were excited about gold and they made humans because of gold. And it seems like, I mean, first it would be good to know why are they so interested in gold, but also are we still kind of a mining operation for gold that just is run in a different way? I mean, they cause us, they cause all of the, the governments to basically hoard this resource and they come around every 3,600 years. They just hold us for ransom and say, give us your gold. And then we have to go through another 3,600 years of mining. That's a really good question. Wow, we actually been mining the gold for them still and putting it in one place. They would know where it is. They would be able to get it to it. Really good point. Especially after they destroyed all of us, they would be like, okay, well, they're gone. <laughs> yeah, um, what they do with the gold. You know, Zechariah Sitchin said that they had a hole in their ozone layer in Nibiru and that they were going to turn gold into particulates to, to fix that. Because I think he was trying to find follow mainstream thinking at the time there's no hole in the ozone layer it's not a hole it's where the electro part of the electromagnetic field comes out um so that idea is bunk to me that's one of the re- ways i disagree with mr sitchin respectfully because i do respect his work immensely um, i'll never talk shit about him and he's gone but i do disagree with him on certain points his work so i think um the same reason we like gold greed <laughs> Really? Like, because why do we like gold beyond we just believe that it's valuable? I mean, it's not really that useful. Silver is way more useful than... They use it in satellites in space, don't they? Yeah, but silver, I think, is, is far more far more useful. I mean, Probably. Uh, there's something called monoatomic gold, which, I you know, I don't know too much about, but basically it's something you can take internally and it helps. You know, it's kind of like the dune spices, you know, it's like you're wanting to get these materials because they're valuable to you maybe biologically as well. Do you think that's a possibility? Perhaps. Um, perhaps they do use it to create something, some kind of water of life, some kind of property. And, but for most part, I really believe it's just greed. <laughs> but why are, why do they cling? I mean, greed, I would assume is present in them, but why are they clinging to gold? I mean, I would say the reason we cling to gold is because they, they, they put it into our minds to do that. But why do they care about gold? Honestly, that's the only thing I can think of is just greed. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. They're just they... like, it's pretty. It's yeah. Kind of soft. <laughs> you know, money for them. It's, you know, they, they introduced the system of money to us from their system of money. 
gold, except theirs is actual based on gold. They exchange gold, I imagine, not just currency based so it's on it's kind gold. of an arbitrary thing. It's, it's yeah. like just they started using it at one point and it helped build their civilization and their, their cargo networks of sending resources back and forth and, and getting a larger empire, you know, so you could have more gold. But really, they didn't pick it for any reason. Like Bitcoin, you know, it, it's, there's nothing particularly special about it. Anything could be Bitcoin, but we choose Bitcoin because it's kind of the first one. It's kind of the thing that we started with. I guess so. I'm scared. I don't know about Bitcoin. I, I mean, I know it's going to be worth a lot, but then somebody can go, boom, no, no more electricity. And it's I think that longer. I try and tell people that I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I think we are going to be pulled over into this crypto system and you want to be in right now before that happens, because it's going to be really good for you, but you got to get out of that. You know, at that point, once all the world's on it, it could happen at any moment. You know, they're just going to shut it down, collapse the entire world and all the people, you know, the whole idea of a decentralized currency will be demonized. Once the grid comes back up, you know, months or, you know, years or decades later. And, and, by then, the system which will exist will be completely centrally controlled by a one-world government, and there won't be another internet to choose. So you'll basically have to go onto it. So I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think don't don't stay in Bitcoin long term. Turn it into property. Turn it into food. Turn it into everything. You know, weapons, whatever. Absolutely right about that. Uh, if you can, I mean, at this point, it's almost too late to get into it because. There's, I don't think so. I don't think don't so think at all. I think, I think it's early. I think we're, I think it's going to explode, dude. I think it's going to be way bigger than it is now. But for how long? I'd say three to five years. That'd be my guess. All right. I should invest. Huh? <laughs> I should invest. I mean, you know it's going to go up at least a couple of times, right? And, and also there's cryptocurrencies like library which you know was five cents two months ago and is now 25 cents that's that's five times your money right and you didn't even have to put that much into it and it's going to go way higher than that so you know don't worry about bitcoin and all this stuff get into the small coins which makes sense you know that are that there's a reason to believe that they're going to last and once bitcoin goes crazy they're all going to follow so i think that's yeah and then buy land <laughs> right so anyways, I think we're getting off topic, but I feel like we've really covered pretty well the whole story of humans' origins. Uh, to be honest, I'm feeling a little bit discouraged. I feel like I have no hope except to trust that the Q propaganda, which is still coming out, is true. But I don't think it is. And so, I don't know, I, just, I guess I'll just live my life and, and try and stay out of the shit. <laughs> I wish more people knew. I, I think that if more people understood, I mean, but do you know how hard it is for a grown man? I can't speak for a woman because I'm not a woman, but a grown man to, to give up their entire beliefs. Yeah. You know, um, somebody once said to me, this is, you know, I've told this story before. If God turned out to come down on a UFO, I, I'd shoot myself. And that's what's going to happen. So, you know, that... It's so sad how they've manipulated us into believing their thing that, you know, there's so many Christians that are like, yay, hey, God's going to return and kill everybody. We're all going to kneel and he's going to be the king of everything. I know. That's scary. Why are you, you know, that's not good. And you're praising that as a good thing because you've been indoctrinated to say that. 
because yep. you feel like, oh, you're going to sit next to God after that immortality somewhere else, somewhere yep. else. And it's such a tragedy. I feel like the, the people who are, I think are closest to the truth about morality and, and, and an appropriate way to live in this world and live as a culture are people like Christians. And yet they, they're still mind-controlled in a way which is, is irreparable. Like, they, when this whole thing goes down, they have no choice but to believe that it's what the Bible said because the alternative is so horrible. First, they've been wrong this whole time, and now that there's, and now there's a... Not wrong, lied to. They were lied to this whole time. That's the yeah. difference. It's and worse. now there's basically what's actually happening, which they thought was so good, is really actually pretty horrible. And everyone they love who is Christian is not going to accept them if they don't believe it along with them. And so they really have no choice but to go into that and, and just believe, convince themselves that they believe it. I know. And I feel really bad, too. I mean, because in general, Christianity is a pretty good religion. There's a lot of good people and on all religions. Yeah. Most people just want to feel connected to, to something greater. I don't blame them. And if they, we've been told all our lives, you know, there is something greater and you have a king and he's going to save you and you get to spend immortality with him somewhere else. If you didn't know any better, you'd be like, well, heck yeah, because I want to feel close to God. Unfortunately, that's a lie. And the greatest thing about this being exposed is that now I know I don't need a priest or an imam or a rabbi, anybody telling me how to deal with God, because my interaction with God is my own. I don't need anybody, a savior, nobody. I'm my own savior. My interaction with God is, you know, I, I, all I have to do is speak openly with an open heart, truthfully, and I can say something and it'll return manifest in a way, you know, if it's important. Um, you know, I'm not, dear God, grant me a million dollars. That's not going to happen, right? <laughs> I'm going to work for that if I need that, you know. Right. Um, maybe God would provide an opportunity, but who knows? You know, I, I was blessed to have this opportunity with the physics book. And this thing right here is just like the days before the flood is my tribute to them, um, to Anki, to the stories that came before us, you know. Well, so you've already done it. You've already built your, your towers, worshiping them it's right trying to appease them maybe you will get a (laughs) if we can get enough people to read these books man maybe they'll take us up and give us some of that that good shit you know the water of life (laughs) (laughs) are you in (laughs) i don't know i have no control over anybody else except myself Um, yep but i don't know what to do Uh, i feel like the plans are back in the works. Once the bombs in Syria started going off again, I was like, yeah, they really want to, because it's part of the prophecy. Damascus will be destroyed during end times. They, yeah. You know, the son of the right hand gift of God, Benjamin Netanyahu, that's what his name means. He's going to restore greater Israel. I think that's his plan. You know, that fulfills prophecy. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the people in, they're, in 2012, there was already chatter that everybody, you know, Orthodox Jews are, already have all the things made to make this third temple when they, when they make it, it's just going to come up. Um, and that started in 2012. Benjamin Netanyahu has been in power for a long time. His name used to be Benjamin Netan back when he was younger, but you know, the people that he serves gave him the name Benjamin Netanyahu to fulfill prophecy. You know, one of the other prophecies was uh, the Pope papal prophecies. You know, this is supposed to be the last Pope. 
they did, it's not a prophecy that, you know, they, they pick the names of these popes to fulfill a prophecy and then something happens and they leave. So this is supposed to be the last pope. Benjamin Netanyahu, son of the right-hand gift of God, is restoring Israel. That's part of prophecy. Damascus is being destroyed. There's lines in the cloud. Um, this whole thing, you know, one of the prophecies where men will be like women and women will be like men. It didn't happen organically. They pushed that on us and they pushed that on our students to think that. So, and it makes it feel like it happened to us organically, but no, it was shoved onto us in order to fulfill prophecy. You know, it's really sad. Um, yeah. My, my feeling is, I feel like I've always kind of known that this stuff is going to happen, but I also have a feeling that there's something on the other side, which will be better. And I don't know if I'm just eluding myself, but I, I mean, I've kind of set myself up with, I, my intention is to survive this because I have a feeling. Look, I don't like to give false hope, but if I don't believe in afterlife because I I know that energy doesn't, there's no other realms. Um, However, the possibility of reincarnation is a lot greater because things recycle in energy. So, so do we, the problem is that even the Hindu culture, which uh, really talks about reincarnation, they say, uh, nobody knows when you're reincarnated. You don't remember your previous life, but it does. Um, it is somehow part like you're connected to what you did previously manifest itself again in a new life. You know, the stories of reincarnation that are coming out now are new because there haven't been any for thousands of years, except for the Hindu culture. And they were demigods that, that were reincarnated from previous gods. But even then they didn't know that they were reincarnated. They just assumed so. So, so I wasn't referring to reincarnation though. I would say if you, I would say look into Ian Stevenson. I feel like he is, basically prove that that is happening or at least that memories are being passed through some, I don't know, completely maybe within the realms of the, of what we understand with physics, just things just happen, can be picked up by other minds. But, but I'm, I'm saying survive. This planet is Something better on the other side in this current life after, after this whole prophecy plays out. But you know, I, I, I agree. I could be deluding myself. You know, I do think maybe some respect, hope is worth it. I, I would, in that respect, I would stop worrying about what's going to happen to us individually and start thinking about humanity as a whole, where we're moving, where we're headed. Um, can humanity survive this? Um, we will. And we'll be played again. And, I mean, it's just the way that, you know, we weren't meant to be, you know, one of the, like and Leo said, we we're abominations. We shouldn't have been created. He didn't want us mating. We didn't have the power to mate because we were sterile because we were a mix of hominids and their blood. Um, just like donkeys or mules, they're sterile because they're a mix of two different species. We were sterile and then we were given the power of reproduction and we were seen as abominations. So, you know, it's unfortunate because we do have degenerate DNA compared to them. And it's unfortunate that we are getting played to them, but the only way is if humans come together and acknowledge them first in some way say, Hey, we know you're there. Thank you for everything you've done. Thank you for teaching us a lesson of war, you know, uh, but can we stop? Maybe they'll stop. That would be the only way. Otherwise the plan keeps going. There's you and I talking. It's not going to stop any of this. People are going to think that we're crazy uh, absolutely. People are going to say, like, you guys are nuts. Yeah. Um, but. Well, I think most people who'd watch a podcast called Modern Day Wizards 
are already in that category of someone that people thinks is a nutcase. So sorry, everyone watching. I'm not saying you're a nutcase. I'm just saying I know that a lot of people probably think that you are. So, I mean, I don't know. In the very least, it's um, we may not be able to get ourselves out of it. But, you know, if it comes down to it, and that's just the, the situation, it's just the, the, the fate of humanity is to be a slave. Well, then, I intend to live my life in a way where I can enjoy it to the fullest and be as free as possible. And knowing I envy you in that way, because you, you know, I do watch your videos. I do watch you. I feel like you're my friend. So I'm getting to know you. Um, and I do envy you that you have, you know, my friend and I watch you and we check, I was like, check out his bike, you know, and uh, we love that kind of stuff. Um, that you're a little more free. You're more outside of the system. Even though you have less, you have more because you're yep. more free. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, I, I, I'm, I have my love. I also have my, my two passions books and I'm also a dancer. I've been a dancer forever and I get to teach dance. Luckily with my students, I get to interject, you know, things that are happening that are not being taught in school in a polite way so that they know, you know, what's happening. I get to tell them little things, but you know, I know that some of my students watch my videos, so I don't talk about the end time stuff because it's really scary. It's a really sensitive topic. I try to touch on it in my, some of my videos, like you know, the cult of Marduk, you know, the reason we say amen or the story of the face on Mars, the reason we say hallelujah. Mm -hmm. um, but I've never gone in depth so much as explaining end times, com comparing what's happening to the prophecies, to what's about to happen and why. And because it's really scary. I, you know, the only thing I can do about it is laugh. And in the meantime, you know, continue to research, read my books. I love books. Continue to dance, teach dance. Yeah. Um, mm. yeah live our lives. And I think it, actually knowing the truth makes us more capable. At least I feel like it makes me more capable of being, all right, well, I'm just going to focus on really making my life as good as possible and, and helping the people around me have. You know, yes. Help the people around you, please. You know, that's the only, the only thing we can do now really is to be good to each other, to really help each other out. You know, uh, I know they're trying to divide us, the media and Hollywood is trying to keep us divided through race and culture, even though, you know, I grew up in the nineties. Nobody thought this way. Whitney Houston was the biggest star. Michael Jackson was the biggest star. Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson. Everybody was like, you know, nobody cared. Nobody cared. You know, the Jeffersons, the Cosby show, biggest show on, you know, on the planet at the time, Cosby show was huge. Yeah. Nobody felt that way. It wasn't until recently that all of a sudden they're like, yeah, we're being um, pushed down. We need reparations. I'm like, how does that? I don't know. It's off topic, but I mean, they're keeping us divided. These are tools to keep us divided. If we unify, we have a chance, but we have to realize that we're being divided. And unfortunately, you know, people are paying tons of money to be brainwashed at a university. These poor kids, you know, I was debating somebody on YouTube a couple of days ago they didn't want to talk to me because they saw my progressive gender video and they're like, Oh no, I now know what kind of person you are. And so because I have a different point of view, they can't engage in a scientific yep. conversation mm -hmm. because they're being brainwashed. It's unfortunate. You know, I grew up, luckily I grew up in the end of that era where people were still free, but I feel like this generation and I warn my dance students, but like you're going to be told that white people are bad, stand up against it. Even if you're not, because it's yep. all racist saying anything like, well, black people are like this and they deserve, you know, you're stereotyping people. Right. Stop it at its core. As soon as a teacher puts, throws any of that into your face, say this is racist and report it. 
Because yep. it is. Call it out for what it is. Because we need to get back together as humanity needs to grasp each other's hands in order to survive this better, maybe prevent it if we can. Yep. Yep, we're still going to get punished for plastic. For plastic? Yeah. We've destroyed the ocean for plastic. Oh. Yeah. And the overfishing thing, uh, we, here's my solution to the overfishing thing. Every seven years, at least if we could in the United States, um, we'd stop fishing for a year and we would give money to the people that, you know, how much they made the previous year, their fishermen to reimburse them for the year that they're not fishing. So that we, we would inspire other countries to do the same thing. And then every seven years we'd go back to fishing, you know, but take one year off every seven years of fishing so that we can regrow. I think that would be the only solution, but humanity would have to work together on that one. And I don't think that's going to happen because, you know, China, China does what they want. India does what, what they want. You know, they don't give a shit. Yeah. I think it, I think it would be difficult to pull off that kind of organization, but I do agree with you that the, the, you know, the only hope for humanity is for us to come together and, and work together and not, not see each other as, um, enemies and i think that's a, a good message to end on and uh, we can all work towards that even though we recognize that that will be a very difficult challenge if we pull that off it will be uh pretty amazing so i also would like to talk with you about the enuma elish uh, elish and you know basically the origins of the solar system and all that type of stuff which is another book that you wrote um but I think, you know, that could be maybe the next time you come on. Do you think that could Yeah, it's the last story in the in the days before the flood. But I made it separate because I took the time, to, like I painted out. That's the cover. I painted all the images out. Um, and it took me a while. So I was like, okay, what what, is, what should I do with this? And I was like, well, I'll make it into a book, you know. So that's what happened. But it's basically the same story. But I do love that story. It's amazing that the Sumerians have that story. Not only do they have a story of the origins of our, you know, our human origins, but they also have the origins of how this earth came to be, how the asteroid came to be. How would they know? Because we're not alone. We're not alone. We've never been alone. And, you know, this is the funny part. People are like, oh, we're not alone. Cool, let's watch this. Yeah, they're in charge of us, and they play us like a game of chess. Oh, what? They created a religion. Oh, no, 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 no. This is too crazy. I can't hear this. Earmuffs, earmuffs. You know, that's what it's like, you know, telling people what's going on. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we're not alone. They created our religions. They you play us like a game of chess. <laughs> yeah, how exciting. I, I still, even knowing all that, I still, I still think it's pretty fascinating. So uh, if people want to see more of your stuff, they want to get a hold of your books, how do they do all that type of stuff? Um, I have a YouTube channel. It's under my name, Michael David Moreno. I put out all this information. Um, as far as the books, if you want to purchase one, which is the only thing I'm not asking for donations. I just, if you want to help me out, buy a book. Um, they're available on blurb.com. You can look up by name, Michael David Moreno, uh, Kai Ballion and Physics, or The Days Before the Flood. Um, the Enuma Elish, I just fixed one thing, so I'm going to start reselling it probably here within a week, but it'll be up. Uh, in the meantime, the videos on YouTube are up. Um, I'm also now posting on Publish OX. It's a new, they're in the beta phase testing. It's similar to library. They kind of use Bitcoin. Um, I made a few cents on that already. Oh, cool. I hadn't even <laughs> heard of that. I haven't, I'm not very successful in library because I don't know how to compact my videos because they're kind of long. They, they freeze up on me. And the same thing with um, Odyssey. I tried to publish there and it took three months for my first video to be allowed to publish on Odyssey. Finally, I got an email your video has been allowed. And I was like, okay, it's three months later. Minds.com, same thing. I couldn't compact the videos. And I was like, I don't, 
So I need to learn how to do that. You know, so I, can draw I, can that. I, I can help you with that. It's, it wouldn't, it won't be too difficult. Like all of my videos are very compressed. You know, that's why anyways. So yeah, that's the whole thing you can solve. So basically your website, um, highballinginphysics.com. You can reach out to me there. There's a link. Contact me. If you have any questions, please feel free. I'll, I'll do my best to answer anything. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I think right. so good to see you, man. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. It's a hugely uh, interesting topic to me. So I was really looking forward to it and I was not disappointed. So thanks for coming on and I hope you come on again. Uh, yeah. And, and anybody out there who thinks that we're freaks and crazy, don't be scared. We cannot live in fear. That's the one thing we cannot do is live in fear. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not meant to be fearful. Yeah. Even if so, the situation is. Keep you spreading know, love. You might as well live, you know, not in fear because otherwise life isn't worth living. Right. Right. Absolutely. All right. Good. See you next time. Good evening, Callum.